All right, good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you all doing out there? Good to see your smiling faces. If you have your Bible, we're in the book of Romans chapter 10, and I'm concluding our series called Faith-Based this morning, uh, studying the subject of faith. Now, I'm going to believe God for great things this next year. Yeah, that's really all that God asks of you and I, is that we believe Him. He, he's not asking us to do you know, all kinds of elaborate, hard things. He just simply wants you to believe Him. Believing God's the secret of greatest. And there's a great verse here I want to highlight. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. You've probably heard the verse. It says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for the word of the Lord that's here this morning. And I pray, God, that you stir us up. I thank you, Lord, for speaking to us and growing us and maturing us. And I pray that our faith would grow from glory to glory and you'd increase us, and that we would have a heart to pursue you and know you and walk with you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone's... I've heard a lot of sermons. I know a lot of great men of God who motivated me. I was... You know, I had an uncle, Uncle Ralph in California, man. He had an amazing ministry. He sold his property, he sold his church to Disneyland. I mean, he had some incredible things. I love sitting in his house and talking about the scriptures and you know, I had a great friend named R.L. Brandt who was, you know, just a dear mentor and friend, pastor, and I, I loved sitting with him in his living room talking to him. Uh, you know, I, I have uh, my, my mentor, Pastor Larry Stockstill, who's been so good to me, um, took continuous education courses with him. I've learned so much from him. I've got an overseeing pastor, Mike Ware, who's Pastor Larry's best friend, and he's invested in me so many things, but the words that came to my mind when I read this verse were the words that my mother, of all people, used to talk to me. She would say, I told God when you were a child, God, if you give me a baby, I will give him back to you. And she used to tell me that, and it put faith in my heart uh, to believe that God had called me into the ministry. Parents have that unique ability to shape their children. And the words that a parent could speak, the words that someone in authority that could speak to you, it, it could get into your heart. It can get into your mind, your will, your emotions. Uh, it, it can really start working wonders inside of you. And so this morning, what I just felt led to highlight in the series we've been in about faith is I want to highlight the dimensions of faith. Uh, faith is three-dimensional. It's got different dimensions. There's a, a length, a width, and a height to it. And that means it's got different applications. You know, in the natural world, faith works miracles. In the spiritual world, faith is like a powerful force. Uh, that works. Uh, and in your imagination, faith can create potential so that you can step into the call of God, walk in His plan for your life. So when these are working, there's an avenue for your faith to flow, for your life to move forward. This is the place mountain gets moved. This is the place where miracles are at work. And so I want to highlight uh, some different elements, some different aspects of the, the dimensions of faith. And the first one I want to start with is here in this verse, Romans chapter 10, verse 17. It says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Here's the first thing it tells me, that faith begins with your thoughts, your thought life. There's an idea that pops into your mind, and it's the action of processing or contemplating something. Uh, a, a thought is something that originates uh, by hearing. What you heard becomes an idea. It's sort of like, you know, in the cul-de-sac where my kids play, they hear the sound of an ice cream truck. And that thought creates wild reactions. 
Right? You start jumping around. And that thought is like a seed. It's the, the idea begins to have potential for it to grow. Like the idea of marriage becomes children. The idea of a hobby can turn into a business. So your thought life is vital for faith to operate. Now, probably that's the single greatest attribute for faith to really move is to have your thoughts fixed on the Word of God. A thought life can be controlled. In fact, your thought life must be controlled in order for faith to really operate. Now, there's some ways that you can control that thought life. And I just get to preach to you from places I've been, things that I know, but it's something that affects every single one of us, your thought life. First of all, the Bible says in Colossians chapter 3 that you need to set your mind on things above. Set it. Establish it. Fix it firm. Make sure it's stuck somewhere. You know, in, I've been uh, remodeling my basement, and I'm in my favorite part of the remodel process, which is where I'm framing walls. You know, when you get a wall, you got to measure it out. you got to get everything lined up 16 inches apart, top plate, bottom plate. And when you get that fit, then you have to take what's called a ram gun, a nail gun with bullets, and you hit them, and it blasts a nail down into the concrete. That, that wall is fixed, and what it does is it keeps people out of your room. Like in, in my home, you know, like the girls stay out of Titus's room, they stay out of his room. <laughs> that's how we keep the peace. <laughs> and, you know, that's exactly what happens when you something is fixed. You keep Satan out. You put up a wall so he doesn't have access to get it. That's what it means to set your mind and fix it on things above. I like what the Bible says in Philippians chapter 4. To think on things that are true. Think on things that are noble, whatever is lovely, virtuous, praiseworthy, of good report. Think about these things. You know, that is meditation. And meditation is not like a, a new age concept. It's not some far out Eastern religion. Meditation is what you're doing every day at your job when you're thinking about something over and over in your mind. And I've had to learn how to focus on the things that are true. I've had to learn how to focus on things that are praiseworthy, that, that uh, are noble, because, you know, every one of us gets questions that starts going through your mind. You, you start ruminating on something, or you might have, uh, you know, lumeration, lumerance in your mind where you're, you know, in a battle and, and, you're, and you're pushing back on the enemy. But what I have discovered is if a thought does not give you peace, then that thought is not from God. The thought has to give you peace. That, that's the place where you need to dwell on in your mind. Whatever things are noble, praiseworthy, true, think on these things. That's where faith moves. This is the place where you have to take every thought captive. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4. That is the warfare component. You know, the warfare that's taking place is really in the battle that's in your mind. You get the idea that warfare is about you, you know, yelling at the devil and jumping up and down. And really what warfare is, spiritual warfare, is when you identify a thought as from the enemy and you take it captive and cast it down. That's where you put the helmet of salvation on, and you're equipped for battle. And listen, I've had to fight many battles in my mind, and they tend to come out in emotions. And if I've had to do that, you also have to do that. Everyone in the room is faced with those questions, those doubts, those thoughts that start eating you up in some way. And what you will discover if you can cast down thoughts is that you can believe the report of the Lord. That's what the prophet Isaiah said. You know, the, the Bible says that God is faithful and true, that he's just, that he's loving, and that he's always with you in every circumstance, in every situation you need him. Now, I know he's faithful. I've learned it from experience. When I was out of money, he provided for me. When I felt afraid, he brought comfort to my life. When I was questioning and didn't know what to do, he gave me wisdom. 
And when I felt like quitting, he gave me stamina because my mind was fixed on the word of God. I'm telling you over and over and over again, this is the greatest battle you are going to face is what thoughts are you thinking? How are you processing them? And will you take them captive in your life? That's where faith begins. You got to take that thought and choose to believe the report of the Lord. Choose to believe his word is true. Dwell on his thoughts. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What are you listening to? Here's a better question. Who are you listening to? What voice are you allowing in your heart and mind? Because if you will allow the word of God to get in your thought life and into your heart, faith will begin to flow. That's the first level. That's the fundamental level of faith. Dimension number one is faith in your thoughts, faith faith in what's going through your mind. Now, let me give you a second dimension here, the second dimension of faith. Jump back up to Romans chapter 10 and verse number 8. He said, what does the scripture say? Romans 10 verse 8. What's the Bible say? And he quotes the Old Testament. The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. He said, that's the word of faith, which we preach. That if you confess, someone say confess, confess. with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes to righteousness, and with the mouth, confession, someone say confession, is made unto salvation. So we begin faith with your thoughts. But faith continues with your words. That's the second dimension. It starts in your mind, and then it comes out of your mouth. Faith continues with words. Words are the way that your thoughts are expressed. And what a word is, it's sort of like a signal in the spirit realm, like a beacon. And the words that you speak are things that carry authority, invisible authority. I mean, when I think about Jesus in Matthew chapter 8, and he met a Roman centurion, and that Roman centurion said, I need you to come pray for am I in your words. That's how they're expressed. See, a word is like a thought. It's a seed. And this is the way you got born again, by the way. You know, Luke chapter 8 says the seed is the word of God. Uh, 1 Peter 1.23, you're born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. See, the word of God uh, in your heart and mind is that seed. You know, there's been some debate that people have. I've been watching too many uh, Facebook reels and Instagram reels. There's people who are teaching that the sinner's prayer is not in the Bible. And I was thinking, that, that's funny, because I just read to you what Romans chapter 10 and verse number 8 says, that if you, with the heart you believe to righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. There's, that's how you got saved, man. You simply just said, Lord, forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. I believe you're the Son of God. And faith came to you. It came through words. You know, your tongue is connected to your heart. It, it, it's like a fishing line. And if you're fishing, if you've ever been fishing, and you get something on there, and you pull up, that line goes up. That is exactly what happens in the correlation between your mouth and your tongue. And this is how Jesus said it. He said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. They, they act interchangeably. You can always tell where someone is at because it's going to come out of the heart. It, 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 it always happens that way. If you believe it, if you believe something, if it's true on the inside of you, you'll say it. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, we believed, therefore we spoke it. People believe the things that they say. They say things they believe. If you believe that you're sick, you might be sick. If you believe you're healthy, you talk about it. You live a long, healthy life. Uh, some people say their marriage is terrible, and guess what? They eat the fruit of a bad marriage. Other people... 
talk about how marriage is wonderful, and they get to uh, experience wonderful things. Uh, some believe that they don't have enough, and they experience lack. Some people believe they have more than enough, and they see what God does in their life. If you believe something, it's coming out of your mouth. It's coming out of your life. And if you desire for things, they'll happen when you pray. That's what Jesus said, Mark eleven twenty four. Whatever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, and you'll have them. Your words reveal your desires. Those are the things that are in your heart. See, the thing about God, he knows how to answer your prayers. He knows what desires you have. In fact, the Bible says he knows the things that you ask him before you ever did ask him. Yeah. He, he knows what's in there. And if that is a desire in your life, you will find it comes out of your mouth. You'll pray it. You'll say it. It'll come out in your life. Yeah. You've got to say what God says about the situation. This is how faith works. You've got to know the scriptures in your mouth and speak it out. Uh, it, it, in situations that are difficult, in situations that are hopeless, and you say what God says about them. I like that story in 2 Kings about the Shunammite woman. Remember, Elisha prayed, and uh, she had a, a son that died. And so when they, she, Gehazi, the servant, saw the lady running, and he said, is it all right? And she kept saying, it is well. Every situation, it is well. And that's the words that you have to confess. You have to confess the scriptures. It is well in my life. That's where faith works. When you feel difficult, when you feel defeated, you have to say, it is well in my soul. When you're tempted to sin, you remember what the Bible says, that you should flee temptation. Say it with your mouth. I'm getting out of this situation. Or maybe when you don't feel like anything at all. Hey, that's a good place to praise the Lord. A lot of times I may not feel anything. I might get frustrated. I might get bored with something. Those are moments in life when I simply bless the Lord, give him a shout of praise. His praise will continually be in my mouth. When I don't feel like it, I can at least say what God says about the situation. I'll bless him at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. Or like when you're with people. You know, it's easy to be a critic, but can you speak well of somebody? Can you bless them? Because, you know, the thing about the word that you speak to somebody is it's like a little seed that gets in them. And, and it causes them to believe good things about themselves. It's how you create an, a, bond, a bond. It's what builds relationship with people. You know, I've discovered about preaching. People hardly ever remember the things that you preach. But they do remember it if you give them a word of affirmation or encourage them. They'll remember that. Because what that is is a little seed that builds faith on the inside of somebody. And it's, it's that faith is communicated through the words that you speak. When you know how to bless people, when you know how to love people, when you know how to encourage them, when you know how to be a blessing, people remember that. They grab hold of that. It builds faith in them. It, it comes alive. They'll look back. They'll remember that. Do you believe it in your heart? If you do, it'll come out your mouth. That's the second dimension of faith. It, it, it starts with thoughts. It continues with your words. And I want to give you the third dimension. I want you to go with me to the book of James. Uh, chapter 2. You know, James is called the Proverbs of the New Testament, and it's, it's a book filled with wisdom. So the wisdom of God is alive in the book of James. I love James chapter 2, verse 26. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Here's what faith does. Dimension number three. It finishes with actions. So it starts with a thought, it continues with a word, and it's followed through with your actions. Because if you're going to start something, faith will finish it. And, and when you begin for uh, trying to achieve an aim, faith will follow through. And I, I look at the passage here. James is interesting. He cites the example of Abraham, who offered up his son Isaac 
He's going to mention a woman named Rahab who received the spies when Israel came into the land. And, you know, we, we could continue talking about things like Moses, who left the passing pleasures of Egypt. Uh, we could talk about Nehemiah, who rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. We could talk about Stephen, whose testimony got him stoned. I mean, the Bible's filled with people whose faith led them to act for things they believe. And actions, just like your thoughts, just like your words, are seeds. They're seeds, and, and that step of faith that you take is just the, just the beginning of something. Like the time when um, I had a thought on vacation one time. I had a thought uh, to go bungee jumping. We were at the Edmonton Mall in Canada. Anyone ever been up there? World's largest indoor water park. I was 12. And uh, I said, Dad, uh, I want to go bungee jumping. And he was like, you are too scared to go bungee jumping. And he's like, I'll tell you what, you want to go bungee jumping? I'll even pay for it. I took him up on the offer. So. I remember being 12, I had to hike all the way up. It was like 22 stories tall. I had to go all the way up there. I got all the way up to the top. And this is like 1992, a different place in 1992. And I remember I got up there, and there was all these older men. And they had a bunch of like uh, condoms and homosexual stuff taped all over the walls. I got real scared. <laughs> and so it helped me jump. Because <laughs> when they said jump, I was out. <laughs> I just remember that I, I had this sense of like, I'm going to do this. But listen, if you don't believe that cord's going to hold you, you won't jump. If you don't believe that uh, the parachute won't open, you're not going to jump off the plane. That's what faith does. It, 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 it's like something alive that causes you to act on something. Actions have a way of expressing themselves. And your actions are expressed through passion. You know, when you're passionate about something, you're motivated to do it. You know, passion is also a word for love. Like, like love is a form of passion. And the Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, and verse 5, that faith works through love. The strongest believers that I know are loving people. They are filled with God's love. The greatest, most solid, most faith-filled people I know are people who walk in the love of God. And love is expressed through many ways. Let me tell you how love is expressed. It's expressed through affirmation. Think about what God said to Jesus. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. If Jesus needed to be affirmed, how much more do you and I need to be affirmed about something? I mean, he needed affirmation. You and I need affirmation. And, and that seed of affirmation is something that's like a force multiplier in your life. That's how love works. Love is expressed through generosity. John chapter 3, 16, you know the, you know the verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believed in him would not perish, but have eternal life. Uh, that's generosity. You know, the people who give are filled with faith. If you give something financially or you bless someone, you believe that it will come back to you. It's called the golden rule. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Will men get back into your bosom? You, you reap it, you'll sow it. It'll, that's an act of faith. That's generosity. It's an act of love. Forgiveness is an act of love. Like when you turn the other cheek, you know, when you, when you decide I'm not going to hold a grudge against somebody, I'm not going to be bitter, I'm not going to be offended. As you study the scriptures, what you'll find out is that bitter, offended people, it's like a lid that stops faith from working in your life. In order for faith to really flow, in order for faith to be magnified, you've got to be a person who's walking in forgiveness and sacrifices where you're willing to go the extra mile. You know, the thing about God, he rewards selflessness. 
He's a God of faithfulness. And the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. He that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. When you are willing to make a sacrifice like Abraham was with his son, God has a reward for you. Your actions are also expressed through prayer, through passions and through prayer. Prayer is an action. It's an action that says, God, I'm depending upon you. To meet my need, to come through in this situation, I need your help. I read a book one time called, Have You Thought to Pray About It? I mean, it's a funny thing. Sometimes we get going and we don't stop to actively think, hey, what could I do to pray about this? And I've had to learn the hard way. There's some things I pray about. I pray about purchases I'm going to make. If I'm going to buy something, I might have to take a moment, pray about it, and see if that's in the will of the Lord and in the budget. There's some you know, relationships I pray about. Do I want to continue in this relationship? Is this a relationship that's good for me? I've got to pray about that. I pray about vacations. Where should I go? What activities should I take my kids on? I don't want to just do things. I, I want to be in the will of the Lord. So I, I'm looking for opportunities, and actions are expressed through prayer, and God will show up and help you make those decisions. Yeah. Actions are expressed through uh, your perseverance. I mean, think about the obedience here that Abraham was willing to offer up his only son, Isaac, and he had to climb all the way up to the top of the mountain. And that's how it feels sometimes. He, you, you, you keep going up and up and up that hill. That, that's an act of faith where you're persevering. I think that's really what the Lord put on my heart for this year. This is a year just stay steady, believe God, move forward, go up that mountain. You know, it's interesting when you study that story in Genesis chapter 22, the one that has been quoted right here. Abraham's going up that mountain, and people stopped him on the way. Where are you going? He said, I'm going to the mountain, and the boy and I will come back to you. I mean, he was confessing with his mouth the whole time what he thought was going to happen, what he believed in his heart. Yeah, there's, a, there's an action of uh, perseverance that's like endurance, where you don't stop. You know, I was telling some of the teenage boys, that because uh, they told me that they were out till like four in the morning. And I was like, bro, I'm getting up at four in the morning. I'm going to Orange Theory. I'm going on a th- four-mile run, <laughs> three-mile run with people. You know, I did a uh, seven-minute mile last Monday. That was my college time. I felt pretty good about that. I'm 43. It's not so bad for a 43-year-old. When I ran that mile in college, we were being tested, I didn't even know we had to run the mile. And I remember I had waffles and syrup and whipped cream for breakfast. I got home and back to my dorm room and threw all that up, but I got a seven-minute mile in. <laughs> I didn't throw up on this mile, but I did feel like passing out. <laughs> but there's something about enduring. There's something about being stronger. The more I've run, the more exercise I've had in my life, the stronger I've become. And that's what I see in people who walk with God. The longer a person walks with God, the longer they grow in their faith, the, the, the more full of faith they become. It's like they get saturated by faith. It, it, it fills them up. I was saying last week, the happiest people in life, they did a study, are 70-year-olds. And I have to say that's true. A lot of 70-year-olds I know are happy people because they've got so much of God's word in their heart and mind. And, and it's brought out a healthy, godly life. God has blessed them. Listen, man, the, the word of God that you get in your heart and your mind is going to help you grow. These are the dimensions of faith. Uh, it, it, it's a thought. It's communicated through words. It's manifested in your actions, your lifestyle. And, and it becomes multidimensional. I, I can see that saturation in people like my mom. I see that saturation in my mom's. See, that's what faith is. Faith is three-dimensional. There's these components of faith. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, let's ask the question, what's going on in your head? What's going on, more specifically, in your heart? Because I'm telling you, in your heart, 
is where you got to fight to keep things pure. In your heart is where you got to fight to keep things right with the Lord. In your heart is where you got to fight to keep things holy. The real battle is for you to renew your mind. We could preach all day about this. We could preach all day long about renewing the mind. That, that is the greatest battle you'll have to face. When you have to take the scriptures and judge thoughts, stop comparing yourself to other people, live your life for the Lord, that's where faith begins. It begins with what is God speaking to me through his word? It begins with the seed of God's word in my heart and my mind, and it's changing and transforming me. That's the fundamental level, the first dimension. And if you can get that level figured out, your life will start moving forward. That's dimension number one. Here's the second dimension. What words are you speaking? You know, life and death are in the power of the tongue. That's an amazing verse. Life and death are in the power of your tongue. That means with your tongue, James says, you can bless people or you can curse people. Think about that. Think about what that will do. Think about the reactions that will create in people. Do you affirm people or are you critical? It's so easy to be critical of people. It's not always the easiest thing to walk in love and, and bless people. But that's what faith does. Faith blesses people. It's a thought that becomes words. Maybe it's acting on what you believe to be true. Are you following through with faith? Because that's what the Lord put in my heart for this, this year. This is a year for me to just grow in faith. Just walk with God, stay with Him, stay faithful, stay persevering. Someone needs to hear that this morning. Because you might feel like quitting, giving up. You might feel like, man, I don't know if I can win this battle in my mind. But you stick with it and you run with God. Don't, don't give up, stay strong, stay steady, stay after Him. Yeah. And I want to pray that over you. Probably the biggest battle you face is that battle in your mind. Yeah. Anyone need to have a mind? Anyone in a battle in your mind? You need to have thoughts renewed, healthy, whole. I want to dwell in the word of the Lord. I want to pray that. I want to pray that we be renewed in the spirit of our mind. So, Lord, I just thank you this morning. I pray, Lord, for disciplined people to get into the word of God this year like never before. I pray, Lord, that they would have a focus to go after you, a focus to get the word of God in the heart and mind, sown deep down in their hearts. Lord, I pray it would saturate us head to toe. God, I pray the word of the Lord would become our source. I pray the scriptures would become the place that we turn to, our go-to in difficult times. Lord, I pray that. I pray, Lord, that the people of God would turn to the word when they're down, when they're discouraged. And I pray, Lord, that we'd win that battle. I pray, Lord, for battles to be won in private places, in our hearts and minds. God, I pray that. I pray over this people. I pray that we take the, the word of the Lord that's given to us and use it to bless and not to curse, to speak life and not death. Lord, I just thank you for the increase that comes when we step out and act on your word. I thank you for increase in obedience in a way that's made for us. Lord, I just thank you that you're with us, you're for us and not against us. Lord, I just thank you in the name of Jesus for a group of people filled with faith today. Faith to see things that are invisible and impossible, and yet you could do them. Faith to believe you that this is a year we're going to keep growing. And Father, I thank you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And I just want to encourage you with this. Faith is not like an emotional thing. 
Uh, Faith is something on the inside of you that knows how to hold on to something and persevere and press ahead when you don't feel like it, when you don't want to do it. But you know that the Lord is there with you to guide you. You know what else is three-dimensional? Repentance is three-dimensional. Because what God expects you to do is turn away from wickedness. He expects that you turn away from that in your mind. He expects that you don't speak words that are filthy. He expects that your lifestyle honors him and follows after him. Now, I have a pastor friend in Africa, and he was sharing the story about a couple who came to his church and got saved. And in the course of time, as the woman was kind of cleaning up the house, she found that there were some idols in the closet. And so you know, she began to ask her husband, hey, you know, what about these idols? We're, we're Christians. We, we got to clear out our house. And the man said that they were family heirlooms, and he, he didn't want to get rid of them. And, and, and that idol became such a contention. It, it actually uh, stayed in their home all the way up until they had a divorce. And the point is you don't want to hold on to the things the world holds on to. Uh, you want to turn to the Lord with everything you got. They're wicked and they're ungodly, and you turn to the Lord even in your thought life. It means that your, your words are, as Scripture said, seasoned with salt and, and filled with grace, and that means your lifestyle honors the Lord. That's repentance. It's a total transformation. So I want to just take a moment. Maybe this morning you feel convicted, and you know there's some repenting that needs to take place. Maybe there's a total turn in your heart and mind that has to take place. And I want to just take every, every moment here, every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you this morning, yeah, this is where faith begins. Yeah, Say, Lord, I'm going to turn to you. And I would like you to put a hand up and I want to pray with you. I want to pray for a total turning in your heart and mind. All right, I see that hand. Yeah, I see that hand. Yeah, that hand, I see it. All right, so let, let's all pray together. Let's pr- pray with me. Say, Father God, I thank you for forgiving me. And I thank you, I pray that you turn me Turn me from death into life. Turn me from darkness into light. And I receive this morning the seed, the incorruptible seed of God's word in my heart and mind. And I want to commit my life to you and serve you all my days. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer and you're sincere, I'd love to meet with you. I'd love to pray with you. All right? And, and just know that that's the beginning place where God starts working in the heart and mind. Let's stand up this morning. I feel the peace of the Lord. <clears throat> Father, if you don't mind, I want to just take a moment here and wait on him. Lord, I just thank you. Ooh, I thank you, Lord, today. You're working in hearts and minds. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. I have, a, I have a, a, a real sensation in my heart. If you don't mind, if you need to go, that's fine. You can be dismissed. But I, I, I want to just take a moment and I want to pray together. And I feel like that uh, for the seed of the word of God to grow, uh, it, it's got to like, there's got your heart, it's like the soil of your heart has to be tilled up. And there's got to be good ground to receive that. And I feel like if we just take a moment and pray, uh, just pray here with me uh, that the ground will become fertile for you to receive and that seed can grow in your, in your life because I feel like there's people here uh, who they got hard hearts and you hear something like this and you know maybe you're checked out maybe you're not listening but if, if your heart is right it 
grow. So let's just take a moment. Just stand there and pray with me. Say, Father, thank you. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you can pray in the tongues. Pray in the Spirit. And just let that soil of, of, or the, the, the fertile heart be broken up. Fallow ground be broken. I pray in the name of Jesus for hearts to receive. The word of the Lord this morning, I pray, Lord, for... Mm, I pray for a congregation of people. And I, you know what? I feel like if you'll pray, pray for someone else too. Pray for people that you know. Maybe they're sitting next to you. Maybe they need to hear the word. Maybe it's got to become stronger. So Lord, we just thank you. Father, in Jesus' name, stir up the word of the Lord. Stir up our hearts today to receive it. I pray in the name of Jesus. Mm. Lord, I pray that we'd receive the word. I pray for 30, 60, and 100 fold multiplied. Mm. In the name of Jesus. I pray for fertile, soft ground in people's hearts and minds. I pray, Lord, that Lord, I thank you. Yeah, just, just stick here. Wait, wait for a moment. Let's just pray it for a minute. Father, I thank you for stirring up hearts and minds. I thank you for soft hearts, tender hearts. I pray hearts to be open and ready to receive today in the name of Jesus. Open and ready to receive. We pray that in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, that that seed would germinate and grow, take root and grow. Father, I thank you for seeds that are going to fall not on stony ground, but on good soil. I thank you, Father, that the enemy's not going to steal it away in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. I thank you. In our hearts and minds. Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Ooh, I thank you, Lord. I thank you. Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Ooh, I thank you. There's a... You know, in the parable of the sower, uh, they got 30, 60, and 100 fold return. Yeah. Now, I don't know about you. I'm interested in 30, 60, and 100 fold return. How about you? I want to see God do even greater and more incredible things in this ministry, in your life. Yeah. And you know, the, the way that happens is when you are uh, perseverant in Scripture, if you'll pray, if you'll put Him first, if you'll walk with Him, if you'll continue to have your faith grow, it says it grows exceedingly. And it might be the reason why you haven't seen the results is because you're not growing your faith. You're not in the scriptures enough. So I pray that in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, for a good return on our, on our investments, 30, 60, and 100 fold. I just declare it over people. He who has ears to hear, the Bible says, let him hear. So how many of you want ears to hear this morning what the Spirit is saying to the church? I feel that in my heart. 30, 60, and 100 fold. I thank you for multiplied returns from the seed of God's word you know what that means? It means that your marriage is going to get better. Mm. It means your business is going to be blessed. It means your children are going to come to the Lord. <sighs> Father, I thank you for blessing us with the scriptures today. The abundance of the word of life coming to pass in hearts and minds. I pray in the name of Jesus that we declare it. 30, 60, 100 fold return in this church, in these people's lives. And we pray that in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen and amen, amen. Man, I, I felt like as I was praying, I felt like faith just began to rise. Yeah. Believe God for great things this year, amen? Hey, I love you all. If you want prayer, the altars are open. We'll catch you all next week. And I'm not going to tell you which team I'm going for today because every time I pick a team, they lose. But it's not the Chiefs. Love you. I'm going for the Lions. See you all next week.
You see.